0: Well, it is amazing how the Lord works things out. Here you are getting ready for Bible school and uh, opportunity to uh, come together as a church tonight and get ready for Bible school. And the privilege of being able to present the gospel and share the gospel this week with children or this coming week, a week from this Sunday, Uh, You'll be uh, starting your Bible school. And to this day, Vacation Bible School is still one of the greatest outreach tools that we as churches have. We get to go out, and I love hearing about you getting your golf carts together and going in the community inviting children to come to Bible school beginning next Sunday night. And that excites me. But here's something we need to remember. After all those great weeks, you got all those contacts you need to follow up in those homes and share the good news of Jesus Christ with those that come. Folks, that is built-in contacts when children come to Bible school. Their parents are trusting you enough to let them come here. They'll trust you enough to come to their homes and visit them. They tell us that door-to-door visitation doesn't work anymore. I don't know who says that. That somebody in a think tank, listen, going knocking on doors still works. When we ask people to come to church, guess what? They'll come. I remember one of the greatest stories of that was first church I served in in Columbia, South Carolina. The pastor there tells the story that he and his wife went to church with his father-in-law and his mother-in-law just to satisfy them one Sunday. They got their contact information. The Sunday school teacher, every Saturday, started calling, inviting them to Sunday school. He tells the story that he and his wife used to fight who would not answer the phone on Saturday nights. And so, just to satisfy this pestering Sunday school teacher, they went to Sunday school one morning, and it was in that Sunday school class where this pastor was saved. About two years later, the Lord called him into ministry. He loaded up his family, went to seminary, came back to Columbia and pastoring in churches, and just recently retired. But it came from a Sunday school teacher who had a heart for lost people. Oh, if we all had that same heart, especially going into this Bible school coming up. But it's interesting how the Lord will do things. I preach through books of the Bible. I'm in Luke chapter 18. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 18. As we begin to look at Luke 18, the first several verses, in fact, to verse 14 is two parables that talks about prayer. And then there's this pause. And all of a sudden, our Lord talks about children. Now folks, you may consider that A coincidence. But I don't. Our Lord had today set ahead a time for me to be in this passage. And it's just a great reminder as we prepare for Bible school of where our Lord thinks about children and how He expects us to act. And so we'll look at that as we get into that chapter 18 in just a moment. So we need to think about ministry and especially ministry to children. I want to begin with a story I read this week. One little girl was standing outside a big church, waiting for, had just come from Sunday school, waiting on her parents to come and get her. And one of the ushers asked her what she learned in Sunday school. And she proudly says, well, we learned about Jonah and the whale. And the usher said, do you really believe that a man could be swallowed by a whale and live? The girl said, I sure do. It's in the Bible. So I know it's true. Well, the usher said, how can you be certain that the story is true? Can you prove it? Now, the little girl was beginning to get a little bit frustrated with him. But she said, well, when I get to heaven, I'll ask Jonah. The said, well, what if Jonah isn't in heaven? Well, the little girl placed her hands on the he- or her hip and said, well, then you ask him. <laughs> I think sometimes we underestimate our children. They're pretty sharp most of the time. This past week, we have a God, thank, praise God, we got a daughter and son-in-law moving back from the land of the Philistines, South Carolina. And uh, moving back home uh, a couple of weeks, but we went up to help them pack some things and come bring some things back last weekend and ended up with a little one. If you see my wife have to get up and go out, we got a 10-month-old terror over in the nursery. Uh, He's a sweet baby, but when he gets hungry, he goes from sweet child to the angriest child you've ever seen, almost monster-like. So, but he is a good child, but uh, we ain't had babies in our home in a while. This one goes to bed at 7 30 and up at 6 30. We're not used to that. We've had a different week. And then to top it off, had two granddaughters that called Friday and wanted to come spend the night. So we had three at the house yesterday. We love having our grandchildren around, they keep us young, they keep us on our toes. And folks, I can't think of anything better we can do than to invest in the lives of children. So with your copy of God's Word, I will to invite you to stand as we honor the reading of the Word of God. Luke chapter 18, picking up at verse 15. Luke chapter 18, picking up at verse 15. Then they also brought infants to Him that He might touch them. But when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. But Jesus called them called them to him and said let the little children come to me and do not forbid them for of such is the kingdom of God assuredly I say to you whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it Lord, thank you for your word and God as we spend the next few moments looking to your word Father, teach us Lord, not only teach us knowledge, but make us have application of your your word so that we can be better ministers. And Lord, if there would be one here this morning that has not entered the kingdom of God like a little child, I pray today would be the day of salvation. Now, Lord, as we study together, may our hearts hear from you. For it's in Christ's name that I pray. Amen. Please be seated. I think there's three things that we can learn from this passage this morning. The first one is this Christ as the example. We see Jesus as the example when it comes to children, and what does Jesus do? He opens up His arms and He receives them. Let them come. The parents in this passage, notice that, then they also brought, we're talking about the parents brought their infants to him. The parents were trying to get their children to Jesus. And the disciples thought Jesus was too important to be bothered by little children. It was a waste of his time. The disciples thought since these children were little people that they were a little interest to Jesus. Folks, I'm so glad that wasn't Jesus' heart. Jesus set the disciples straight and welcomed those children and he, he, he loved on them. In the 1800s, a pastor in Chicago, Herbert Wolfston, wrote a hymn that has been sung by millions of children. We all know the chorus, but the first verse goes this way. Jesus calls the children clear, Come to me and never fear, for I love the little children of the world. I will take you by the hand, lead you to a better land. For I love the little children of the world. Then the familiar chorus. Jesus loves the little children. All the children of the world. Red, yellow, black, and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Because Jesus loves the little children, we ought to also. I think one of my favorite stories I ever read and it's attributed to Chuck Swindoll is that there was a in his church and one morning all the children ended up in the balcony. Now you can imagine what happened up there. It got to be party time in the church. Swindoll said that when he got to church Monday morning the phones were ringing off the hook. Pastor, you got to do something about them children. The next Sunday he did. Everybody comes in to worship. They couldn't find the pastor. The pastor was up in the balcony right in the middle of the children. He came down from the balcony when it was his time to come to the rostrum and he preached the sermon. We don't want a quiet church. Folks, you got children around, they're going to be loud. You got children around, windows are going to get busted. I went to a church my first 10 years of ministry as youth and children's minister. Went to a church, Went been there a month. Pastor invited me to preach and share my vision for children and youth ministry. And I remember clearly in that saying, hey, when we got children around here, things will get broke. The very next Wednesday night... Sitting on an Awana game square here. We had our Awana going on, had game going on. You know those rubber, red rubber balls that's not supposed to hurt anything? One bounced off the kid's forehead and went straight up, hit a ceiling fan, ceiling fan, fell on the floor. So when we started next Sunday worship service, I got up and said, I told you we were going to break stuff. The reality of it is children are going to be children. They're They're busy, they're moving, they're when we think they're not paying attention, it's probably when they're paying the most attention to us. But we've got to love them the way the Lord did and receive them with open arms and bring them to ourselves. Jesus loves the little children. Parents, the best thing you can do for your children is follow the example of these parents in this passage. Bring your children to the Lord. There's no greater calling in your life than to present your children to the Lord. Listen, they're not yours, they're His. He's entrusted you with His precious gift to raise Him up, to love Him, and that's the most important thing, is our children to be in love with the Lord because they see us in love with the Lord. They see us doing the things that are right. They see us reading our Bible and praying and studying and memorizing Scripture. And doing the right thing. Parents, grandparents, bring your children to Jesus. Recently, I read a sobering statistic. Only this is 0.0263%, or 2 in 10,000 children will ever play professional sports. Two in 10,000. But 100% of them will bow their knees to the Lord Jesus Christ. What's the greatest thing we can give our children? A love for Jesus Christ. Men, don't get sucked into the lie of the world that your job is to provide financially for your children. That's not your number one job. Your number one job is to provide for their spiritual growth. Are you living Jesus Christ in front of your wife and your children? Are we being men that we're called to be? Raising our family to love and fear and submit to the Lord. Church attendance is one of the most important things for a child. I can remember back in my younger days as I was a little boy going to Sunday school and Aunt Lenny McDaniel, now she wasn't my aunt, but she was everybody's aunt. Aunt Lenny lived to be 99 years old and she taught Sunday school till she was 96. And she was as sharp when she was 96 as when I was a little boy and she was old then. This lady taught Sunday school for over 70 years, one class. At that time, it was called primaries, the early children, young children. Now, listen to this one. She taught my grandfather, my father, myself, and my children in Sunday school. And there are Bible stories I can tell you today that Miss McDaniel, Aunt Lenny, taught me in Sunday school. It wasn't ever a question around our home if we were going to church Sunday morning. It was just automatic. Get up, we're going to Sunday school. My mom and dad believed in us being in church. Mom and dad are in glory. Their lives were a witness for the Lord, and they left a legacy for myself and my two brothers to love the Lord. That's a prayer for my life that I leave a legacy for my children and grandchildren for one purpose, and that's to love Jesus Christ. And part of that is to love His church. To have them every opportunity that we can in church. To encourage our children to have their children in church. And I'll share later in this message one of the greatest things the Lord's blessed me with in the last 25 years that happened in our life recently. But church attendance is important. Now, I want us to remind us of those kids out here that their parents may not be involved in church. When they come, they may not know how to act when they come to church. When they come to Bible school, they may not know how to act at church. We got to love them and teach them. Some of you don't have children here this morning. Some of you, senior adults, adopt a child. Invest in their lives. Love them like Jesus loves them. We want them here to hear. If their families are not going to teach them about Jesus, the only place they'll hear about it is going to be in the church. Maybe at vacation Bible school. I love the way Mark describes this scene here. He writes, And Jesus took the children in his arms, put his hands on them, and blessed them. Mark 10, 16. Now remember this. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem to die. And the disciples didn't want him bothered, bother, but he calls the children to himself. What a beautiful picture. He picks up those children... And he takes those callous carpenter hands and he gently touches those children. The same hands in just a few short days that would be nailed to Calvary's cross. And he caresses those children. Parents, what kind of spiritual heritage are you leaving your children? Grandparents, what kind of spiritual heritage are you leaving your grandchildren? My generation of baby boomers were raised by the men and women who fought and won World War II. It was a rough time of rations and sacrifice. Many of our parents said, I want my kids to have all I never had. Now my generation has this attitude, we want our kids to have more of the things we had. Now generation X is having kids and they're wanting to have the best and the newest for their kids too. But the best is Jesus Christ. More valuable than anything else. If we claim to be the body of Christ, we must treat children the same way Jesus treated them. In other words, we must open our arms and welcome them. Secondly in this passage, there's a warning from our Lord. Do not hinder a child from seeking the Lord. It's a strong warning. Look at the end of verse 16. Do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. In Mark's account of this this story, the Scripture says that when Jesus learned that the disciples were trying to keep the kids away, He became angry. It's the same word used, and when the Lord chased the money changers out of the temple. In other words, he was good and angry. He was aggravated with them. He was mad because they were trying to keep the children away. Jesus calls the children to him and says, Let the children come to me. And do not hinder them. Oh, folks, that's a strong word we should heed. Matthew's gospel warns of us, it'd be better for you have a millstone tied around your neck and thrown into the sea than to cause a little one to stumble. Well, if you go back and read the context of that passage, he's talking about children there. Jesus said when you receive and welcome a child in his name that you're doing the same thing as welcoming him. You want to welcome Jesus, welcome a child. That's what the Bible says. But on the other hand, if you hinder a child from coming to Jesus, you're going to be in real trouble. Jesus said it would be better to have that millstone tied around your neck. Every child development expert will agree that children have windows of learning. If a child doesn't master a particular lesson during that window, they will never fully reach their potential in that area. For example, if a child doesn't learn to walk within the first two years of their lives, they will never walk as good as they could have. If a child doesn't learn to read by a certain age, they will never read as well as they could have. The same is true spiritually. There are certain teachable moments for children to learn about Jesus, and they aren't taught. And if they aren't taught at that time, chances are they will never have the same spiritual growth potential that some of us who were raised in godly homes will have. Studies have shown that everyone who is a Christian as an adult, of everyone who is a Christian as an adult, 85% of them trusted Christ before the age of 18. Of the people who reach the age of 25 without accepting Christ, only one in 10,000 will be saved. Of those who reach the age of 35, only one in 50,000 will be saved. Now, I want to demonstrate those statistics right now. If you were saved before the age of 18, raise your hand. Folks, look around. If you were saved between the ages of 25 and 35, raise your hand. And then finally, if you were saved at the age of 35, raise your hand. Isn't that amazing? Where was the largest group before 18? I'm going to try another little experiment here. If you were saved by the ministry of Vacation Bible School, raise your hand. My wife was in Bible school. And she's clear about her salvation as a a little girl. That Jesus spoke to her heart and became her Lord. We've got to be careful we don't hinder children from making Jesus Christ Lord of their lives. Finally, in this passage this morning, there's a challenge. And the challenge is we must relate to Him as a child, we must relate to Jesus Christ like a child. In verse 17, he says, Assuredly I say to you, in other words, I tell you the truth, the King James phrase is this, it's translated this way, Verily, verily I say unto you. Anytime we see those words in Scripture, we need to pay attention because Jesus is going to say something of eternal significance. Then it he continues here. I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. Think about that verse as we read Matthew 18, verses 3 and 4, where our Lord says, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become a little, as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Two verses later is when he's talking about the millstone tied around your neck. So how do we go about receiving the Lord in the kingdom of heaven as a little child? The first is this, with awe and wonder. Tennyson wrote of going one morning into the bedroom of his grandson and uh, and seeing the child worshiping the sunbeam playing on his bedpost. The older we get, the more devoid of wonder do we see the world. It becomes old, dull, and gray, and tired. But it's not the world that's changed. When's the last time you just stopped to enjoy God's creation and the beauty and the majesty of what God has given us to live in? When's the last time you just been in awe of a child on the ground playing? When's the last time we just stopped? And enjoy the presence of the Lord. We're so busy with things. Notice I said things and not work. We live in a culture where we have more free time than we've ever had, and people argue and think I've lost my mind. We're so busy. We're busy because of the outside things we do, not our jobs. We're involved in so many things. And sometimes those things distract us from spending time just being in awe of the majesty of our Creator. It's the last time you spent some time just thanking the Lord for what He's given you. I'm amazed that God chose to save me. I'm amazed that Jesus Christ hung on Calvary's cross and I can have Forgiveness of sin by His shed blood. Secondly, we need to have simple trust. When you were a child, you never worried about where your next meal was coming from. And we got a little four year old granddaughter. The child is hungry 24 7. You feed her, she gets up, and five minutes later, I'm hungry. Now, you'd have to see her. She's a little tiny thing, but she's hungry all the time. And if you give her something, she'll eat it. I can remember back we were on spring break. We were off camping and told her if she didn't eat her dinner, that she wasn't getting any snacks. Well, about an hour later, She comes up, Pa, I'm hungry. Oh, well, you didn't eat your dinner. She walks off, comes back, got crocodile tears going down her face. Pa, you're not supposed to let anybody go hungry. She had simple trust she was going to get something to eat. And with them crocodile tears, she did. They say I'm a pushover. Yeah, and the, you know, you've seen that statement that says, you can't tell me what to do, you're not my grandchild. And <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of truth in that too. You see, but child trusts that his parents is going to provide for. Folks, if a child trusts their parents that way, how much more do we need to trust our daddy? God's going to provide for us. Now listen, He's going to take care of every one of our needs. And it's amazing to me in our culture that He gives us most of our wants. But there's a big difference in wants and needs. Go with us to some of these countries. Go to Guatemala and see what the difference in needs and wants is. Go to Haiti if you really want to see it. Most people don't realize that Haiti is the only third world nation in the Western Hemisphere. When we first started going to Haiti back in 2011, somewhere along in there, it was amazing when we went up in the mountains. From the time we got out of Port-au-Prince proper and out of the city and out of Hinch and we're going on up in the villages, up in the mountains, we could tell the poverty level changed. Cause all the children come running out to the roads, waving at us. And any of them have a stitch of clothes on. You only had one change of clothes. I think it was 2013 that we carried a bunch of Bible school T-shirts to Haiti, to to my side. You go back now, and there's still we still see those T-shirts around every now and then. It's amazing how God's blessed us. And because of that blessing, sometimes I don't think we fully trust Him as much as we need to. Oh, I'm going to go get me a new car and I'm going to do it. Oh Well, the Lord says, instead of maybe that new car, drive that one you got for a while longer. Invest in someone going to Guatemala. Now, I'm going to praise you and thank you as a church for sending this team to Guatemala. I went to Guatemala back in January of last year. Very loving people. In fact, the, the president of Guatemala is a Southern Baptist. His wife. Now, one of the things you've heard Brother Matt talk about the opportunities they're going to have this week But the president's wife has made it absolutely possible for the Bible to be taught in every school in Guatemala. So when mission teams come in, they get free access to the schools to teach the Bible and then have lessons for the teachers. Guess what those lessons are? Teaching the Bible. So you pray for your mission team. They got a wonderful opportunity to serve people this week. And what I understand, they're going to an area where they're talking about planning a church. And so they will be a great witness in helping to get that church up and going. So pray for Brother Matt and the mission team. Uh, Pray for their travel. And especially, I'm going to give you a word of encouragement. About Wednesday, pray for unity of the team. Because after you've been on a mission trip, especially an international trip like that, about the fourth day into it, you about had enough of people around you. <laughs> so pray, especially come about Wednesday for group unity, and just pray God would uh, would would hold that team very tight, and that people would be very uh, strong backed and won't take comments or something out of context and all. So pray for your mission team. But you see, children trust. We need to trust the Lord for everything. The reality of it this morning, apart from Jesus Christ, we are absolutely nothing. And in Him we are everything. And then finally, we need to enter the kingdom of God with a spirit of forgiveness. Children are not always treated fairly. But have you ever noticed how quick they are to forgive? children can be playing I always tell parents when children are playing they get in a little tiff leave it alone they'll work it out five minutes later they're back playing together and it's like nothing ever happened we're the ones that become hard hearted and unforgiving the older we get the sometimes the more hard hearted we become we've got to work on that to have a spirit of forgiveness cause I'm gonna tell you if the Lord hadn't had a heart of forgiveness we'd all be bound for hell this morning So we need to be tender-hearted and willing to forgive people when they have wronged us. Because here's the reality. We've wronged somebody ourselves and we need forgiveness. So remember these three traits. A sense of wonder, a simple trust, a spirit of forgiveness is an attitude that we've got to have to enter the kingdom of God. few short weeks ago I can tell you when it was it was February the 13th the reason we know that we had a grandson born February the no it was February 12th because we had a grandson born February 13th February 12th we're sitting at the house my cell phone rings and it's our oldest son his daddy Maddie our oldest grandchild our a uh, firstborn has something she wants to tell you. So her little voice comes on the phone. It makes me emotional right now. Pa, I've asked Jesus to be Lord of my life. Let me tell you how that happened. And <laughs> this brings joy to my heart. At Christmas that year, Lynn and I have always bought devotional books for our children. And we ran the bookstore and we came across a catechism book, How to Catechize Your Children. Parents, if you don't know what a catechism is, talk to me. It's a set of questions you go through, you teach your children to memorize, and it's theology. That's what it is, you're teaching them theology. So our oldest one, our oldest son, every night at dinner, after they get through eating dinner, they break out the catechism book and they go through asking the questions. What is the Bible? Who is Jesus Christ? Who is God? Who is the Holy Spirit? And then in that discussion that Maddie started asking questions about who Jesus really was. And at their dinner table that night, our son led his daughter to the Lord. Dads. There's no greater calling than that right there. Now that story doesn't end there. Maddie's second statement to me was this. Paul, will you come baptize me? Their pastor had just two weeks earlier went to Jessup to baptize his granddaughter. And he was absolutely excited to have me come and baptize mine. so our entire family every one of us our children Maddie's cousins were all there for her baptism and I got to baptize my oldest grandchild children are important God gave me one of the greatest gifts I've received in life being able to put that little girl under the water and raise her up as a picture of her salvation There's no greater calling this next week than to share the gospel with children and pray God will send a movement among this generation that many will be saved next week. Now we'll say this, if you've not signed up to help in Bible school, shame on you. There's something for you to do. There are never... Every position in Bible school filled up. You volunteer and say, hey, I'm going to help. There's something for me to do. And it may just be around to be an extra adult in a room. But there's something for you to do. There's a place for you to work. But now let's get real with this and let's apply this passage to our lives this morning. Have you entered the kingdom of God like a little child? Simple faith is what we're talking about here. And it's just this simple. In the gospel presentation, we learn in Bible schools, the best there is the ABCs of salvation. Admit that you're a sinner. Believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and then see, confess Him, Lord of your life. Are you here this morning and never confessed Jesus Christ as Lord? In a moment, we're going to have a time of invitation, a time of public opportunity to stand before this congregation and say anything you need to say. Maybe here this morning and never been Jesus Lord of your life. You may need to confess that before this group. Maybe here this morning and kind of got hard-hearted and may need to renew your heart, recommit your life to the Lord. And I don't really like that word Recommit really just need to commit our lives. may need to come to this altar. You may have a child or grandchild. You may need to lay at the feet of Jesus this morning and ask Him to save their souls and maybe during this Bible school. You may have been visiting this church for a while and know this is your church home and you may need to place yourself as a candidate for membership here. You do and be obedient to whatever the Lord has for you to do this morning. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your goodness to us. Lord, may we be like little children. May we humbly, with childlike faith, make you Lord of our life and serve you with all that we are. Lord, if there are things that need to be made public this morning, give us boldness to do so.